is here today, your special guest today. We're happy to have you here. Thank you, Lord. This is a scripture that I truly, truly enjoy uh, because we don't have what it takes to follow God. God has to lead us. And so we make this confession so that God can speak to us. Amen? Because until he gives us understanding, Satan steals the word from us. Amen? So, let's go with this. The Lord God has given me the tongue of the learned, that I should know how to speak a word in season to him who is weary. He awakens me morning by morning. He awakens my ear to hear as the learned. The Lord God has opened my ear, and I was not rebellious, nor did I turn away. Amen? Please be seated. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We're coming to the close of the year, and um, I've had this message in my heart for a while, and I titled this, Setback is a setup for the better. A setback for a Christian is a setup by God for the better. Every one of us has experienced a setback before. Now, a setback is an unexpected change from better to worse. From looking up to looking down where you feel this is hopeless. That's what setback is all about. And it comes in different forms. It might hit your finances, your business. And you're wondering, you had so much dream. What's going on? You can't put your hands around it. You don't know what to do. And you don't even know, how can I ever get back to where I used to be? It can be in your physical body. You were strong yesterday. Now you don't know what's going on. And you're wondering, can I, will I ever get back to where I used to be? Can I ever do the same things that I used to do? Will God help me? Maybe I'm alone in this situation. That's the setback. It may be in a rela- your relationship. The most critical one is relationship with God. So important. When you feel a setback for a Christian, a setback in your relationship with God, to me, it's so painful. It's so painful. Everything seems dark. Satan doesn't want you to see you can get back and even do better. He wants you to stay down. Your relationship, maybe with your wife, your husband, your friend, your physical body, problems. You were okay, like I said before. Now things are not the way they used to be. Now you need to remember this. When God allows a setback in your life, He's not setting you down to forget you. If He allows it, He's not forsaking you. Why? He's already told you. You must always remember that. He's already told you, I will never leave you nor forsake you. 
So when you're experiencing a setback, that's not God setting you aside. He never forgets you. He remembers you. If he's he's allowing it, it is really, if you understand, it is a setup by God for something better. If you know the scriptures and you believe the scriptures, you will have peace and not worry. (laughs) That's hard to say. How can we be without worry? A woman said, Pastor, if you pray for me and I lose and, and my worries go away, what would I have to worry about now? I need to worry about something. We like to worry about something. We feel like we're doing something when we're worrying about something. We feel we are accomplishing something. I've got to worry about something. That shows I care. But the scripture tells us in Romans, this is the key scripture, no one should ever forget this scripture. Amen? No one. Romans chapter 8 verse 28. uh, Chapter 8 verse 28. Never forget the scripture. And we know that all things work together for good. To those who love God, to those who are called according to your purpose, right? According to what? His purpose. If you are a Christian, you were called. God called you to himself for a purpose. You have a purpose for which he created you. And when you accept Christ into your life, he called you. Jesus said, no one comes to me except my heavenly father does him. If you have a heart to receive Christ into your life, that's not because of you. God picked you out for himself. You belong to him. And that should give you confidence. Jesus said, those that the Father has given me, no one can pluck them out of my hand. For my Father who gave them to me, he's greater than all. No one can take you from his hand. Unless you want to get out of his hand. But no one. He called you for a purpose. Notice what it says. Say with me. And we know. Hello, brothers and sisters. And we know. Do you know? Do you know? That's the question. No, Paul is assuming that you know. That no matter what's going on in your life, God's working it all together for your good. We know. Say it with me. We know, and we know, that's what is missing today. We don't know. We wonder. Instead of knowing, we know. We know as believers, and we know. Paul is assuming that you know, that no matter what's going on in your life, even if it's like a setback, He's working for your good. God is setting you up for something better. He's positioning you in a place where He can reach you. Because if this setback didn't come, you'll be wandering somewhere else where he He can reach you. He places you in a place where He can make His desire happen in your life. 
But when He puts us through this, we tend to complain. Why? Because we don't know. We don't know. For we know that all things work together for good to those who love God. All you have to know is I love God. Amen. I love God. That's why you're here this morning, right? Because you love God. You want God in your life. You can't determine, how do I know if I love God? If you don't love God, you wouldn't be here. Hello. <laughs> Amen. We try to analyze this thing. And you want to feel that thing inside. The love of God is not a feeling. As Jesus said, if you love me, you keep my sayings. You keep what I say. In other words, you will accept and believe what I say. And act on what I say. That's the way to love God. And in Scripture says, and we know. We know that all things, including the thing that you're going through right now. You may not like it, but if you love God, He's working for you. That thing is working for you. Can I hear an amen? You guys are too quiet. All right. He's working for you. And guess who is over it? God Himself. Orchestrating it. He is the coach and He's doing all of it. He's the coach, the umpire is doing all of it for us. He gets you there. There's another scripture. Proverbs 13 verse 12. It says, Hope deferred makes the heart sick. I want it right now. It's like the McDonald's stuff. You know, you drive through, give it to me now, or I go to the next restaurant. Hope deferred makes the heart sick. I used to think, well, God's just telling us something, but there's something to this. Hope deferred makes the heart sick. But when, not if, when, not if, when they, they, notice what it says, not desire, when they desire. So there was a desire that brought hope, right? When it's deferred, it makes the heart sick. But when the desire comes, it is a tree of life. You remember where we heard about the tree of life initially? From the garden. The Garden of Eden. There was the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And then there was the tree of life. God says, that hope that you had in you, that dream that you had in you, things have come into your life now that make you wonder, will I ever get there? It's like a setback. But God is really positioning you for something much greater than you can ever dream of. That's what God's doing. It didn't say if. It says when the desire comes, so your setback doesn't mean God's forgotten you or God's forgotten your dream. He gave them to you. I like to just quickly go, you know, because you can say all these things, it's just man's thinking, you know. But listen, have you read about Joseph? Who gave Joseph his dreams? 
God gave him when he was a little boy. God gave him those dreams and Joseph was so excited. I'm sure he was thinking, next week I'm going to be all over my brothers and say, I'll be so great. My father will even bow down before me. Wow, how great Joseph was. He couldn't stop himself. He knew his brothers hated him, but he couldn't stop himself from telling them because he was so excited about this dream. Amen. If you don't say amen, I will say amen. That's right. (laughs) He was so excited about it. Who gave him the dream? God himself. That was God's agenda for his life. And no one, no devil, no demon can come against God's agenda for your life. Can I hear an amen? No demon. No matter how hard they try. When they try to pin you down, they're working for you. That's why the Bible says, if the princes of this world had known, they wouldn't have crucified the Lord of life. Jesus Christ himself. They didn't know they were killing themselves by crucifying him. He rose up and destroyed, paralyzed them. At first they were happy. We got him now. We got him on the cross. Come down from the cross. They thought they got him. And then they remembered, we've made a big mistake. He said he was coming back. So Pilate, we need your help, okay? And what, what makes you think if you kill a man he, three days later, he's back up, you can kill him? You, you're not thinking. You're not thinking. I would be scared of somebody like that, right? I mean, you killed him after three days, he comes back, you think you can kill him? That's silly. But they can't think. Satan sometimes, he's not as smart as we think, okay? Especially when you know the scriptures. He doesn't understand it. He knows, but he doesn't understand scriptures. Can I hear an amen? amen? So God has a plan for your life. I'll go back to Joseph later. But there was a, a, a somebody that in our time, maybe not my son's time, <laughs> Corrie Ten Boom. Some of us will remember that. She kept, during the Second World War, she was determined to, to protect some Jews from being killed. And guess what? The authorities found out about it. They found out about it. And they locked her up. She lost one or two family members. Seems like a setback, right? But they knew God. And they were trying to serve God and to protect God's people, the Jews. And then everything seemed to, to come down. I think they said about 30 members of our family put in jail. But she endured. Just a woman unknown to the world. But from that setback, she became known to the world. I'm talking about her this morning. Can you hear an amen? I'm talking about her. If that setback had not taken place in her life, I wouldn't know who she was. You see how God can take something like that and share it with the world. She was known in those days in America. People wanted to hear her speak. Aura Roberts and some of the great preachers, they wanted to talk to her after she was released. Tell us. What's your secret? And she talked to them. How many want to hear what she said? I know you want to hear it too, yes. Yes, I want to hear it. 
But she said to them, Believe. He said, Live life by your vision, not with your eyes. Amen. Joseph never forgot his dream. Live life. Live by your vision, not by your eyes. And they said, this was already, they said, whoa, that's wonderful. She said, I got something better than that. I mean, they want to hear what, he had, what she had better than that. <laughs> Believe in the dark. What God told you in the light. Believe in the dark. What God told you in the light. Just because things have become difficult. Don't let go of God's promises. Why? All things work together for good. To those who love God and accord according to His purpose. You can't believe Him for God and things keep going down south. No, God has a reason. Lift your head up. And someone also said, Winning always follows. Winning always follows losing. Winning, you know why? Because you learn why you failed, right? And you avoid it. They don't stay back there. Not with God on your side. If God be for us, who can be against us? God's for you. Things are going to be okay. Don't hang your head down. God's not abandoned you. And He's promised never to leave you. So your setback is a setup for something great. You know, sometimes God would knock you down, right? <laughs> we don't like that, right? <laughs> But every time God allows you to be knocked down, it's a setting, it's a setup for a glorious rising. That's the way it is. Always a setup for something great to happen to you. I was reading in the book of Daniel, chapter 10, and Daniel was actually. He was uh, praying to God about some things. He went on a fast for 21 days. He was on a fast. You know the story. An angel came, came and said to Daniel, Well, you know, from the very first day you started praying, you know, God heard you and I came and all of that. You know that story. But there are certain parts of this story that are so important. Daniel chapter 10 verse 1. It says, In the third year of Cyrus, king of Persia, a message was revealed to Daniel, whose name was called Belteshazzar. The message was true. But the appointed time was what? Long. We don't like that. The message was true. But the appointed time was long. So God gives you a vision, and you can, just like Joseph, 
and you can see yourself in that vision, so doing so well. But God says, He's going to take a while before this will happen. Oh, no. We don't want to hear that. We want it to be tomorrow. And believe me, when God says it's long, all kinds of things come in between that, that long time he's talking about that will almost make you want to, I don't know if this thing will ever happen. Hello? Maybe I'm the only one there. <laughs> but I'm sure I'm not. He start wondering. The time was going to be long. Message was true, but the time was long. But he said he understood the message. He had understanding of the vision. And Daniel continued to fast. The Bible tells us in uh, verse 7 of the same chapter, he says, And I, Daniel, alone saw the vision. Notice, when God gives you a dream, it's for you. Amen? You alone will see it. You try to tell people, <laughs> that doesn't work. Joseph tried it. He got sold to be a slave. Okay? <laughs> they didn't understand what that was. They thought that vision was against them, right? But it was really for their help, to help them. They had no idea. Sometimes keep the vision to yourself, okay? <laughs> uh. <laughs> Who do you think you are? Have you been drinking something? Where did that come from? I better stretch your room, make sure we don't have some crazy stuff in your room. What have you been eating? <laughs> All kinds of questions come. But it says, I alone saw the vision. For the men who were with me, this, they did not see the vision. Possible. They were there with him, but they never saw the vision. He saw this was a vision God gave him. But a great terror fell upon them, so that they fled to hide themselves. Therefore I was left alone when I saw the great vision. Many times when God's dealing with you in your situation, you feel alone. Your friends, they run and they hide. And everywhere you're looking for help, you can't get help. You're on your own. You got to deal with him, the one who is showing you the, the vision. He's the only one that can bring it to pass. You're alone. He says, therefore I was left alone when I saw that this great vision. And no strength remained in me. Uh, he was knocked down, okay? No strength. But notice, there's something funny. Let me go for that a little bit. For my vigor was turned to frailty in me, and I retained no strength. Notice, he saw the vision, right? The other girls, they felt something, right? 
if they were feeling something, possibly he was feeling something as well, right? How come they were able to run and he couldn't run? <laughs> God needed him alone. Amen? God needed him alone. The others were able to flee. God knocked him down. Where he can be alone so God can deal with him on a one-to-one basis. So your setback is a setup for a dealing with God, business dealing with God, that takes you to your place. The dream he gave to you. He was alone. This is an interesting scripture here. In verse 18 it says, Then again the one having the likeness of a man. Who knows what, who that is? Likeness of a man? That's Jesus. Before he came. He saw this vision. He saw an angel. But now he was dealing with God himself. He said, I saw one having the likeness of a man. That man, he touched me and strengthened me. And he said to me, O man greatly beloved. I want you to say, put your hand on your chest, do this. I am, say it with me, greatly beloved. And you're not lying. That's the truth. Okay? I am, say it with me, I am greatly beloved of God. If any voice speaks to your head, contrary to what you just said, that's the devil's voice. Because the Bible says, God so loved the world, he gave. You won't give a million dollars for something you don't want. Right? God gave his son because he wanted you. Right? You must be special. Say it with me. I must be special. Yes, you are. Yes, you are. You are special. To him, you are. God says, you are greatly beloved. Fear not. Peace be to you. Be strong. Yes. Be strong. That's what God's saying to you today. If you feel like you, you have a setback, you're dealing with a setback, God's saying to you, be strong. Be strong. But then he says, so when he spoke to me, I was strengthened and said, Let my Lord speak, for you have strengthened me. Amen? God will speak to you about your dream. He will let go. God wants the fulfillment of that dream more than you want it. Why? He placed them there. He placed it in your heart. You know just... He knew you before you were created. He created you with that dream inside of you. That's what He wanted you to accomplish. No one can destroy God's agenda for your life except you. If you let go of the dream, it will never manifest in this natural life. But if you stay to that dream... God will work with you. So when you're knocked down, stand up, keep going. Say it with me. 
knocked down, you stand up, and I keep going. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? God's with me. I am carrying God's agenda. And no one can stop it. No one. No one can stop it. You let go of the dream, that's You've let go of the hand of God. I always love this. With Joseph, he says he was sold into slavery. Read the scripture. It's an amazing thing. He was a slave in a home of his master. And God says he was a prosperous man. Hey, can you have a prosperous slave? He was prosperous as a slave. Because God's agenda was upon his life. And God was walking his agenda slowly. If he was with his brothers, he'd never see Pharaoh. If he didn't go to prison, he'll never see Pharaoh. With all of the gifts to interpret dreams and to dream, he would have never been in the presence of Pharaoh. Just one man away from the fulfillment of your dream. One man. Just one man. And God weaves things together to bring you to that place. Where just one man, and then everything has been bad. Just like my wife said this morning, God can accomplish in one year what you've been trying to accomplish for the last 50 years. Just bring one man in your presence. Just bring, introduce one man to you. You think it's, a, it's an accident. I went to this place and I met this man. <laughs> it was all God's design. Your setback is a setup for something much greater than you dream. So don't feel bad about it. Now, everyone goes through this setback. Some great men of God said, when you are feeling like giving up the most, when you are feeling like giving up the most, that is always, can I hear the word always? That's always an indication that your breakthrough is about to happen. When that pressure comes so hard and you're feeling so down, and you like saying, I'm just, I'm just going to let go of this. It's, it's not going to work. Your breakthrough is right at the corner. Right at the corner. Right at the corner. That's the way it always is. You think about David. David was anointed by the greatest prophet in the land. At, that, at his time. So, I mean, Samuel. You hear the word Samuel? When Samuel goes into a city and the, peop- the, the people in that city see Samuel coming, they say, oh, we're in trouble. Is it peace, they say. Is it peace? He says, yes, peace. Because Samuel says the word to you, and believe me, it's coming to pass. God never allowed one word from his mouth to drop to the ground. Samuel was great. Samuel was the one that anointed David 
David knew of Samuel when he was a boy. He was going to be the king of Israel. And for many years he was running just to survive. He even had to go to the enemies. At the time, he allowed speech to just flow from his mouth so that they'll think he's crazy. Just to survive. Anointed by the greatest prophet in the land, yet he's running for his life. And you think, how can... David himself said, one day this soul is going to take my life. After you've been anointed. David wasn't thinking about being the king of Israel anymore. He was, you know, like most of us, survival, right? <laughs> that all that was pleasing to David, survival. He was surviving. But he didn't lay down. That's what he said. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll rise up, I'll keep going. And let God work his plan together in my life. Because he says, and I don't want you to forget. And we know, say it with me, that all things work together for good. To those who love God and are called according to His purpose. He has a purpose for your life. I want that purpose fulfilled. And there can be no better purpose in your life than His purpose for your life. But at the very end of it, David had no idea two days or a week later he was going to become king. You know what happened? Some, some of his enemies came. He was living in Ziglag, that's the city, and they left for war, left their family, their children and everything. His 600 men had been with him, warriors, and they came back from fighting and some enemies, Amalekites, are coming and they took everything. His children, everybody, his wives, everything was gone. I know we know the end of the story, but think about it. You come into the camp and the camp is quiet. There's nobody to ask, what happened? Where did they go? They had no knowledge of what's happened to their family. They were all gone. David wasn't thinking about being a king. Now, he wanted his family. <coughs> Excuse me. And his men, they were so upset. Warriors were crying. These were men that were killed giants. They fell like babies. They were crying so hard. And after they cried for a while, they, I need to read that scripture. They were talking about killing David. The man that he loved. Now it says, in 1 Samuel 30, verse 6, Now David was greatly distressed, for the people spoke of stoning him. This was the, can you imagine when your family members are thinking, they were like family to him. Now they want to kill him. That was how painful it was. Because the soul, notice it didn't say, their soul, this was so painful. The soul of all the people was grieved. Every man for his sons and his daughters. But notice what David did. That was a knockdown, right? Get up. Keep going. He says, but David strengthened himself, how? In the Lord. He kept going. And he asked God, what should I do? 
And God gave him all the answers. He went, came back. It wasn't too long. While he was doing all of that, the person that was sitting in his place, Saul, was being killed at the same time. About the same time. The throne was being opened for him to become king. And yet, at that same time, he was in the depth of sorrow. God always allows these things. But it's really a setup. I'm going to close with this. I have a lot, but I'm going to close with this. Many of us don't think a lot about the disciples of Jesus when we read. Many of them left what they were doing and they followed Jesus. They didn't quite understand that Jesus was going to die. They didn't see that. They saw the Messiah. And they saw in their mind, He's going to take over. That's what they saw. That's the way they understood it. Everything Jesus was saying to them meant nothing to them. All they were thinking, He's so powerful. We saw Him raise somebody who has been dead for four days. You can kill Him. They've seen Him, you know, wave around these enemies. They didn't understand all of it. And then they saw Him die. On the cross. They were standing so far away, they couldn't do anything about it. Everybody was against him. In their mind, everybody should love him. But now he was dying and they were sitting. Their dreams gone. They left their businesses. The tax collector was no longer making money. He was following Jesus. Everything was gone. I know we know the end of the story, but to them, it's all over. This is a great setback. Where do we go? They were filled with sorrow. And they were also hiding for their lives. Disappointed. But many, I'm sure in the minds, we don't realize they were humans. They're thinking about everything that Jesus did. It doesn't make sense. Serious setback. But they were about to be launched into the world. And we know about them today, right? Peter, James, John. Until this world ends, we're still talking about this great man. We're still talking about them. One of them, you know the man on the road to Emmaus. They said, you know, he did so. You haven't heard about him? They said to Jesus, because they didn't recognize him. He says, they said to him, he was great. Great word, many miracles. And we really thought that he was the one. Notice, we, we thought he was the one. Now, they killed him. They killed him. But more amazing than that, some of the women are beginning to cause us some pro- more problems by saying he's back alive and, and, and they saw him. They were confused. But they were about to be launched to deliver the gospel to the world. And look at this room today. Because of this, those, four, those 12 people. So your setback is really a setup for something much greater than you can ever dream. So don't give up your dream. Remember Job. He lost everything. In a short time, one day, everything was gone. But the Bible says at the very end, he had more than what he had before the setback. 
more children. And a better wife that didn't say, cause God and die. <laughs> Amen. That's the way God does this thing. Amen. We need God in our lives. We need God to set the agenda for every life. If you are here today and you haven't allowed God in your life, then that means you have not submitted to God's agenda for your life. And you can make that possible today if you will say yes to God's agenda. I want all of it. I want all of it. I'm very grateful to God. My wife and I are very grateful to God. Um, for this one reason, God brought us to the greatest country in the world. Amen? Yes. But just such a privilege that in the greatest country of the world, it's a thing that I, that's very humbling that God will allow my wife and I to be sharing this awesome word. It's beyond man's imagination. I'm very, very grateful to God. You never know what God can do. I heard my wife talking to some lady when she was coming to the United States or talking about a lady. She was coming to the United States. It's like, this is going to be a loss. Why don't you, why are you doing this? And but today, everything has changed. God has made it a whole lot better for her because of what he's done sending her where she's supposed to be right here. God has a plan for your life. Bow your heads with me today. You're here today and you haven't made God the number one in your life and you need His agenda in your life. Or you've made God one in your life, number one in your life, but you kind of strayed away from that. And you say, I really want to get back to where I was with God. I want His agenda. Because if you're losing your hand on God, you're losing your hand on His plan for your life. And His plan for your life is good. So at the count of three, if you're here this morning and you say, I want Jesus in my life. I want His agenda for my life. Raise your hand up. Don't be bashful. Be truthful to God because He's here with us. At the count of three, one, two, three, put your hand up. Put your hand up. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I see it as hands. Thank you. Father, we thank you. Father, we thank you. All of us, please, say this prayer with me, especially those that raise your hand. I believe that you meant what you did when you raised your hand. You need to truly commit totally to Him and let God teach you from His Word and grow you up in Him. It's a great privilege to know Jesus. No regrets. I gave my life to Him and will follow Him till I depart this earth. So important that you make a true commitment to Him. So important. Say with me, every one of us, let's say, Lord Jesus, I gave you my life. It was yours all along. I totally 
let go of my life. You can have my life. I commit to you, O God, to serve you with all of my heart, with all of my mind, with all of my strength. Father, I love you. Lord Jesus, take over. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.